Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy, Romance, and Romantic Fantasy, here with my first cup of coffee. It's actually, I'm back to my little cups of espresso. Um, I might have to go off the half and half. Uh, I'm thinking about going down to a um, lighter milk, see if maybe a 2% will work better. Different background today. I've been busy this morning. Oh, today is Tuesday, May 11th. Um, and this is actually my second espresso. I had to record a couple of videos this morning, so my hair is hairier than usual. This is glam writer hair. It's like <laughs> as glam as it gets. Uh, but yeah, I had to record um, the presentation for one of the Solstice Awards for Safwa for the Nebula Ceremony. And I did a two-minute tip for RWA. So, so we'll see how those things go. Um, I've been meaning to look up how much time I have left on uh, Buzzsprout because I am still trying to make it inside my window for the month. I have 17 minutes, so I can only go 17 minutes today, and then it renews tomorrow. So no more than 17 minutes. Sorry, you guys. So let's see. Um, things went better on Bright Familiar yesterday. Um, it's still not quite rocketing along, but I am at, let's just look and see. Oh, I'm at 40,000 words. I've hit 40,000 words. So, you know, this is a good example of when, you know, the brick lane works where I'm sort of just, uh, laying down the bricks day by day. And so I am actually making substantial progress. I'll be hitting midpoint soon. So even though it fe doesn't feel like the story is rolling for me, it is there. And it's funny because um, on Friday, <laughs> I had such a tooth pulling day, you guys, on Friday. Um, I was writing at, it was, I was remarkably close. I should even tell you guys, I did like three hours worth of work, which I had to grit my way through. And I wrote the, for the three hours, I did 390 words, 382 words, and 387 words. How's that for consistent? Consistently slow. <laughs> I know that that's a, a rate for a lot of people, but for me, that was very slow and it was agonizing. And I thought, oh my God, you know, this, I'm Jackson sees something out the window here. Yeah, it's stocking up on something. I might have to run out and stop him, but I'll pause if I do. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I just thought, oh, well, you know, at least I made it through my three hours and I made myself do it. And then when I looked at it yesterday morning, it was fine. It was funny. It was good. Um, it's like it's it goes back to this same thing that I'm always saying, you know, and it's one of those um, do as I say, not as I do necessarily. But um, I'm going to pause for a sec. Okay, never mind. I thought one of my settings was weird. So anyway, um, oh, no, I lost my train of thought. What was I telling you? 
Oh, it just goes back to the thing that I'm always saying. And, and one thing about advice like this is that we're always rediscovering it for ourselves. And I am constantly rediscovering this, that, that the experience of the writer should not be conflated with the experience of the reader. And that just because something writes slow, now he's all the way out there at the end of his tether. Just because something writes slow doesn't mean that it reads slow. Just because it writes agonizingly sticky does not mean that it reads that way. And sometimes writing a novel, you're just going to have bad slow days. Last week was a slow week for me. But it also goes to why I think writing every day, writing some every day works very well because like last week felt like a not very productive week for me. Um, but I still got almost 11,000 words and the week before that was slow, but I still got almost 10,000 words. So it was funny because Dorinda and I were chatting about it and she was like, how do you have she said, you've been complaining about how slow this book is going. How do you have almost 40,000 words already? And I'm like, well, I have been writing it. Uh, the only way that the book doesn't get written is if you don't actually write it, which I know <laughs> that's what, the, what a tautology. But I mean, that's the thing. As long as you're putting a little bit down on it every day, the words do pile up. It's it's like saving money, you know, like you save a dollar a day and in 10 years you have, who knows? Uh, let's see, you would have, well, let's see, $365 times 10. I was trying to make it much bigger, right? You'd still have $3,000. You have to do better than that. Uh, but you know, what if you had compound interest and all of those things? I should not do financial metaphors just like I shouldn't do sports metaphors. So um, the other thing on my mind is genre categorizations. We've been kind of debating that on one of the forums that I'm on. And one of the gals was talking about that she wanted to write an essay about historical fantasy. Oh, I should do earrings. We'll talk about historical fantasy. Speaking of historical fantasy, uh, I saw a BookBub recommendation go by for The Talent of the Hawk yesterday, and it was very nice. It's always lovely to see people picking up old books. And it's one of the great things about being a writer is that these books don't die, that people are constantly discovering them. So... These earrings are feathers. So it is, I always forget that I have to say for the people not on video. So it's um, kind of a brass hook earring with a little chain, probably a one inch chain dangling, and then like a two inch uh, brass colored feather hanging down, very flat, chased on one surface, smooth on the other. Um, but these are my 12 Kingdoms trilogy earrings. The feathers are from the Mark of the Tala. And I have a necklace I should have put it on that has a, that's a talon for the talon of the hawk. Um, and then I, I did have some roses too for, for Amy's book. But um, 
yeah, I like these earrings. They don't show up as well, but they do catch the light in a nice way. And uh, I like gave a pair away in a, in a giveaway. Uh, so I don't know if the person like treasured them or whatever, but I do like these earrings. And I was happy to see that somebody liked the Talon of the Hawk. One of the pieces of advice from successful authors, uh, commercially successful authors, is to keep marketing your backlist, which is something that I don't do very well. Um, part of it for me is, especially lately, um, I've had so many new releases that I feel like I'm barely, you know, like done marketing one new release before I've got another one to to market. Um, and you're supposed to do that like in months that you don't have releases. And this year, this year's particularly been busy. So I resolved to start doing this last year after Romance Author Mastermind. Carrie Ann Ryan gave a talk on marketing your backlist. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get good at this. I'm going to start marketing my backlist. And so that was November. And that was when Under a Winter Sky came out for the holiday season. And then in January, I released Golden Griffin. Golden Griffin and the Bear Prince. I should say the whole title. And then in February, I released Dark Wizard at the end of February. So that kind of went into March. And then in April, I was doing the Sorceress Queen and the Pirate Rogue. And now in May, it's Promised Queen. So I feel like I haven't had a month to do backlist, but I do need to get organized about that. You're supposed to like make a calendar. Anyway, back to genre. Can you tell that I'm on my second espresso? <laughs> I also had to make these speeches. Like one was a two minute tip for RWA and my solstice award one was like two to three minutes. And so it's like, I had to talk really fast. So, and now we're staying within 17 minutes. Today is the day of uh, scheduled, scheduled talks. I'm seeing what he's got. I better pause. He was eating grass. It's okay. <laughs> Couldn't tell if he had something down on the ground that he was chewing mercilessly to death. So Wayne Gale was saying that with historical fantasy romance that she gets irritated that people seem to feel that it should be historically accurate. And I said, well, I don't, what is... <laughs> historical fantasy anyway. And I know you guys have heard me complain about this before that I don't think alternate history should be considered fantasy, which yes, I know you guys have pointed out to me that it is, um, it is objectively true. <laughs> I, you know, I mean like the lions of Alverson, I don't think is a fantasy. I do think Jacqueline Carey's books are um, their alternate history is enough fantasy because there's enough magic and um, intercession of the divine that makes it into a fantasy world where it's recognizably not our own world. I know that nobody agrees with me on the lines of Alrosan by Guy Gabriel. Okay, so you guys could you can argue in the comments if you want to, but I acknowledge your arguments already. Uh, I just feel like alternate history is something else. But some people were talking about historical fantasy in terms of like fantasy that has a non-tech feel or like a medieval feel or 
that kind of thing as opposed to contemporary fantasy. And I just think if it's an alternate world, then we don't associate it with a historical time period. But I do think that if you're going to call something historical fantasy, by putting that word historical in there, then you are you're making a promise to the reader. And, and I think they are perfectly uh, entitled to call you out on historical inaccuracy because, you know, you, you said it was historical. So if you don't want to be called out for historical inaccuracies, then call it alternate world. There is a reason why I write alternate world, and that is because I am not a historian and I don't want to have to be historically accurate about really anything. I tie myself up enough with um, accuracy of physics and biology. <laughs> so, and, and this led to a discussion of like high and low fantasy and what the different meanings of them are. And I started a conversation uh, with a group of writers that I'm in that uh, George R. R. Martin is in also. And I asked him, because some people have said that he writes low fantasy. And he said, well, that he thinks that he writes whatever you, category you would put Tolkien in, you would put A Song of Ice and Fire in. A Song of Fire and Ice, sorry. And which I think is interesting because those don't read the same to me at all. And I keep coming back to this. What is this feel? What is this fantasy feel to me that is there for Jacqueline Carey's books that is not there for me in The Lines of Al-Rasan? Yeah, and I would say that that A Song of Ice and Fire, <laughs> I keep saying it backwards, A Song of Fire and Ice. Yeah. Anyway, Game of Thrones. Uh, that reads to me in a different, it has a different feel to it than Tolkien, although I think both are very obviously fantasy. So, and then this led to a conversation of do these distinctions really matter? And you know, and a couple of people who weighed in saying they don't matter are people who are already very well-established authors. And I said, you know, it does matter if you are a newish author and you're trying to establish a reader base and you're trying to communicate to readers what exactly it is that you write. Um, you know, discoverability is a big thing. So, so yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's an answer, but, you know, it's interesting that we do have so many conversations about these terms. All right. Well, on that note, keeping it short today, having already recorded so many videos, but um, I will remind you all that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on... Thursday. You all take care. Bye-bye.